The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Five minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, we take you until noon. Bottom of the hour, Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Uh, More on the NBA, a lot on college football coming up here with Bill at the uh, bottom of the hour. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible uh, to talk to this next guest, this next fella. He joins us each and every Wednesday at this time, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Let's do this first of all so I don't forget. How about that? Whether you're in the market for manufacture natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project of any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa, variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need, again, Interior, exterior, the rec room downstairs, the fireplace, dot, dot, dot. Check them out online, centurionstoneofiowa.com. Visit the showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. He's David Kaplan. He joins the program, ESPN 1000, NBC Sports Chicago. Hello, Cap, Trenton, Ken, how are you? Kenneth, what's going on? How are you guys doing? Doing really well, Cap. Before we get into it, I know you're a Vegas guy, and I know you're going next month to your son's bachelor party. I was there last week, as you know. Cappy, I was I was really surprised. Yeah. Vegas is back. Vegas, and I was there, uh, I got there on a Monday, and I was blown away how busy it was, even Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, Vegas seems like it's back, Capper. And from what I heard, the plexiglass, a lot of it. I'm not speaking for anybody else. I can just tell you my family, everyone's back to me. So, right. yeah, I'm I'm excited. I heard you don't have to play like you're in a phone booth. No. no. Uh, when I, in fact, it's funny you mentioned that because they were coming down um, as, as my trip went on. On Monday, I think they were up at some of the places, uh, but they're starting to come down. Anyways, Cap, I want to uh, get to what uh, some of the blowback, and I'm assuming that's what it was uh, regarding Tony La Russa. I know that he missed a sign, uh, but come on, man. It's, uh, I, I thought that Tony LaRusso was way over the top throwing Mercedes under the bus the way that he did. There's going to be consequences. Cap, uh, Tony LaRusso's old. He's old school. I get it. What was the consensus on your show? Were, were people coming to LaRusso's defense or was it one after another sticking up for the player? We had a couple that came to Tony's defense, but I would tell you that the major, overwhelming majority were crushing him. And here, here's my take on it. You may disagree, agree. I have no problem that he's mad that you're mean missed a sign. You cannot miss signs. Signs are not like recommendations. The manager gives you a take sign, you're taking. Because you get to October and you miss the sign and all of a sudden – you know, something happens, cost you a ball game, might cost you a world championship. And so that's fine. You want to discipline him for that? What I don't understand is why Tony felt the need to go to the Zoom session with the media. And pregame, he drills him. Postgame, he calls your mean clueless. Like, really? I, I, like, I don't get it. And then Lance Lynn came out and said, look, when you're throwing a position player, 
just get the damn game over. I don't right. care who swings on 3-0. and It's not a big deal. So they brought that up to LaRusa literally an hour ago. An hour ago. And he said, yeah, well, guess what? He has a locker and I have an office. Mm. Mm. I mean, you just start to see that it's festering in that clubhouse. And maybe it's not. We're not allowed in there because of COVID. I just don't understand the need to go public with it. Why couldn't you just handle it? Had I been coaching again, here's how I would have handled it. Uh, you asked me the question, I would have said, we're handling that internally. Next. Uh, Tony, were you upset that he swung? Again, we are handling our business internally. Your mean did miss a take sign. We don't tolerate missed signs. It'll be dealt with by his teammates. We're good. Tony, can I? I'm done talking about it. Period. That's it. It all goes away. When you throw your own guy under the bus like that, uh, that's what I don't understand. They're the class of the division. This team has a great chance to make a run to a World Series. They're that talented, and especially when all the pieces get back in September, if they're good to go. But if this thing starts to go south and the internal clubhouse division gets even bigger, this is Jerry Reinsdorf's guy. This is a guy he wanted. It doesn't feel like he would have a quick hook. What would it take for this team to make a change in season and not even a year in at Tony La Russa? It's absolutely zero, less than 0% chance that that happened. I'm, I'm serious, Trent. Like, negative 800%. Okay. A friend of mine actually ran into Jerry in the ballpark the other day, and it wasn't like on the concourse. He was in a secluded area. He was there, someone's guest, and he said to Jerry, so what do you truly think of the job Tony's doing? And Jerry's response was, I love the job Tony's mm-hmm. doing. And I don't care that the media doesn't like him. Doesn't bother me at all. I love Tony's job. So I'm telling you, there's zero chance that he would move on him. And I'm not saying he should, because I've told you guys, I think they're going to have a run in into a World Series with Tony as the manager. So, yeah, Tony today, are you aware of the firestorm that you caused? He said, no, I'm oblivious to all that. I don't care what you people think. He doesn't. David Kaplan is our guest. Uh, Cap, let's move on. Uh, let's start with uh, with Anthony Rizzo. Left the game last night. Apparently slipped and and put his back out a little bit. Um, Cap, what what's the any any update? I know you have him Tuesday, so I'm not. I don't think you spoke to Rizzo today. But any update on Rizzo? Will he play tonight, or is there concern there? We have not heard yet. I did not bother texting him last night because. I just didn't feel it. We have a great relationship, but I'm not going to bother right. him when he comes out of a ball game. So I have not heard yet. There has been no no roster move that he's going on the injured list. So I don't know if he's day-to-day or if this is going to you know, extend into something longer. But right now I have not heard a word regarding Anthony other than what they said after the game. His back tightened up on him. It was precautionary. Uh, Cap, let's go to uh, with Schwarber and Lester back in town. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I thought, as I said to you, I thought it was over the top, the the Almora stuff, uh, him coming back and the hugs, etc. I mean, you know what, it may be soft a little bit. Uh, and maybe it was because of what Lester meant to the team. And and, uh, and obviously, Schwarber had a huge role as well. But Lester was Lester. As you've said and others, the most important signing, free agent signing in the history of the Cubs. I, I thought the Cubs did 
a terrific job honoring both players uh, with the with the, the tribute video. Um, you know, the, the Lee leaving Schwarber at Twix Bar in left field was pretty cool. I think they've handled this two days very well, Cap. I do, too. I think it's been great. I think a bunch of the players went out the last couple nights for dinner after the game. You know, you got to deal with COVID protocols and all that, and I don't think the Cubs are 85% as a group vaccinated in their Tier 1 personnel. Most major league teams are. From what I've been told, the Cubs are close, but they have not re- uh, achieved that threshold, so I don't know how that hampered what they do. But I do think that it's just been a really feel-good couple of days. And now that John pitched uh, and Schwarber got his honorary honorary video, so to speak, his tribute, uh, now we just get on and play. It's Max Scherzer against Arietta tonight. That's an awesome matchup. And then they finish it with a day game tomorrow. Then the Cardinals. Mm. And it is a series in May. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean much, but... Kind of feels like it might mean something here. that This Cubs team finally with their head back above water here. A little bit of buzz for the Cardinals this weekend? Uh, actually, right now, nobody's even really talking about it because it's Lester, it's Schwarber, right. Starling Castro, to a lesser degree, are here. Once this series is over and then it's the Cardinals, yeah, there'll be plenty of buzz because if you're a Cubs fan, that's the one team you truly despise. Mm-hmm. Indeed, uh, this weekend. Cap, uh, Trent and I spent some time earlier in the program talking about Nico Horner. Uh, as well as he's hitting the baseball, that play he made on Monday night, bases load, I think it was the eighth, Cap. You, you could correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the glove work, he had made a couple of plays last night. Now, he wasn't able to get up just because he slid too far in the on the wet grass. Uh, but I didn't realize that the impact that... That he's having on this team this year. It was a different team when him and Hap collided, and they both went to the IL. Nico Horner, uh, who didn't make the team out of spring training, we remind people, this kid's legit, Cap. Did you think he was this good? Uh, I thought he was a really good player, especially when he came up on a moment's notice when Baez broke his thumb at the end of the season in 19. Like, wow, that kid looks pretty good. He's really, uh, you know, looks like a solid pick in the mid-20s is where they drafted him. And he has done nothing to change my opinion. I also understood why they sent him down. They wanted him to work on a few things. He was three for his last 24 in spring training. And all the people that were screaming, oh, you're just suppressing his service time. Actually, as soon as they had an opportunity to recall him before that service time date, they did. So he's not... A 30 home run, 100 knocked in, hit 340 guy who's going to break the bank. He's not Chris Bryant. So, yeah, they'll be able to hang on to Nico Horner as long as they want. He looks really talented. How much do you believe in this Chris Bryant bounce back, that he is going to become, again, a perennial MVP candidate? Or is this a one-year bounce back in your mind? Uh, No, I think this is who Chris is. He just has to stay healthy. You know, he let us in that. He had a broken bone in his hand last year, and he was dealing with a strained tendon. And, of course, he hurt his hand diving into third base in Atlanta back in 18. So there was, you know, a number of nagging injuries. Now, if you said to me, can I sign Chris Bryant for eight years and $30 million a year? No, I can't. Because his history tells me he won't stay healthy enough. But as a player and as a guy, 
yeah, he's aces. He's a hell of a talent, and he's an even better person. Did you hear the? Were the rumors cap? Or are there? Is there anything to the rumors? I guess of uh, of Bryant and the White Sox. If the Cubs fall out of this thing and they are looking to move, I'm sure you've heard the rumor. We've heard it here. Um, is 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 there anything to it? Do you think? No, I would be stunned if they traded him to the White Sox. First of all, the White Sox are hoping to get Aloy Jimenez back this season. They've got Andrew Vaughn. The Cubs aren't trading him to the Sox unless they got a King's ransom back. And unless the Sox are planning on signing Chris long-term, you can't give up the King's ransom the Cubs would require and then watch him walk out the door in November. Hmm. One more on the Cubs, Trent. Uh, Contreras, have they found their leadoff man here, Cap? Wow. Leading off with your catch. First of all, he's not going to play every day. Right. So if you said they had the DH, it may be coming back. I just never understand Major League Baseball. We have the DH last year. We don't have it this year, but it may come back next year. Like they, Just the way they operate that sport, it just blows me away. But I just will be surprised if every day they find a way to have Wilson Contreras at the top of the lineup. I still think it's a mishmash of guys. Maybe it'll be Rizzo sometime. Maybe it'll be Ian Happ. But I just will be surprised if every day he's in there, it's Wilson Contreras. And I love him. I'm a huge Wilson Contreras guy. I'll just be surprised. Coming on the heels of the most anticipated rookie minicamp in Bears history, I don't know if I'm being hyperbolic or not, but I know there was a lot of buzz. Takeaways, what you've heard, people that were able to be there inside the uh, building as Fields taking snaps with the Bears in a Bears uniform for the first time. So we had Matt Nagy on our radio show two days ago, hmm. and Matt was awesome. And he laid out very detailed what he would have to do to be prove that he's ready to play right now in the NFL. And he related this story to us that Patrick Mahomes had never taken a snap out of a huddle, ever. He said high school, college, it was that, you know, whatever they called it, the pistol offense or whatever he was in, everything was run into him and called at the line of scrimmage. They would signal him to play. He said, we go to uh, training camp, uh, mini camp. And he said, we're there, and now he's in the huddle. Can he command a huddle? He's never done it. And so they give him the play, and he starts barking out the play, and one of the defensive players goes, hey, rookie, yeah, we know what you're calling. You might want to call it a little quieter. And he had no idea how to do that, and that's why he didn't play till what, week 17? Because you have to learn all those things. Uh, Justin has had more experience than Mahomes coming out of a huddle, but at Ohio State they also shuttle the plays in. Does he understand when they change defenses, as Matt said, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, wait a minute. That's not man-to-man. I thought that was man-to-man they were coming out of the huddle on. Wait a minute, that's cover three. Now the whole play changes. Can he recognize that in like two seconds and get everyone in the right formation so that they can adjust and then check to a different play? He said those are not easy things to do. So he said let's just let this kid be a kid and we'll figure it out. But people in this town, they already got him in Canton. 
<laughs> the music's the trends here. Love it. Uh, two more real quick things, Cap. We'll let you go. Um, Steve McMichael, obviously, very sad what he's going through. It's great that some of the biggest names in uh, Chicago sports are coming out and helping uh, with, raise, with raising funds. I think there was one last night at Wrigley Field, and Ditka was there, uh, and some of uh, Jim McMahon has showed up. Uh, Bobby Hull, I'm not sure why they brought him, uh, but nonetheless. Um, but, but Steve McMichael, it's great that uh, everybody's coming together uh, to support the Chicago legend. Yeah, Mongo is a, a really good dude. I work with him at ESPN 1000. He's just a wonderful guy. And I was there the night at Wrigley when he said, I'll have some speaks with that home plate umpire, and it was yep. Angel Hernandez. Yep. I mean, you guys should play that audio. Yep. It's unbelievable. And they ejected him from the stadium. Uh, he's a character. He's an awesome dude. And it's very sad to see him going through Lou Gehrig's disease and knowing there's no cure, and what that thing does to you, it's horrific. And, Cap, finally, uh, a listener on the Illinois-Iowa border is a big fan of yours, asked me if I would ask you, and I said I would. Uh, anything on Jonathan Taves? Uh, we obviously missed the whole year. It's kind of uh, uh, not top secret, but there's very few people that know what the captain is going through. What are you hearing on Jonathan Taves, Cap, if anything? That was the last thing we heard, and this was just a week ago from somebody at the Hawks told me, they expect him at training camp and ready to play. So I'll take them at their word until we're told something different, but they expect to have Jonathan Taves back on the ice next season. Good stuff, Capper. We will talk to you in a week's time. Uh, thanks, Cap, as always. Appreciate you coming on. Look forward to it, boys. Always love it. Have a great day, everybody. Yep, take care. Good to talk to you. David Kaplan uh, from ESPN 1000 and NBC Sports Chicago Centurion Stone of Iowa. Dot com Centurion Stone of Iowa. Check out the showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Thank you to them uh, for making it possible for us to speak with Cappy. I'm trying to think. So, let's see. 20... When you, when you have the induction? 2046, something in that range. <laughs> uh-huh. Head to Canton. Mm-hmm. All right. Jack will probably be maybe a young father maybe i'll be a, a grandpa at the time and we'll all make the drive to canton i'm trying to figure out i'll be 88 you'll be 88 so maybe wiping we'll, drool off my face we'll zoom you in for it <laughs> okay yeah it'd be different i wonder if zoom will still be a thing it'll okay. probably be something much more advanced i'm gonna guess at that probably we'll probably take your hologram there or something like that uh, by the way i'm just looking at pictures on channel 13 that's skate park so i was driving in from ankeny yeah. today i went to get ready to cross the river there's a big Mountain Dew thing there. Do the Dew. Mm-hmm. This could be great. Yes, absolutely for Des Moines. Yeah, it's this is a worldwide event. I, what do you mean? This there's, there's, there's a, well, obviously there must be an event. Yeah, what, what, so it's the Dew Tour, the Mountain Dew Tour. And is it an ESPN kind of thing? ESPN two? Yeah, something like that. It'll be televised and all that. What it's are those a, games that they have? The X Games. X Games. Thank yes. you. Yes, skateboarders and the like. I. Never got into it, but uh-huh. something in our town, something like that, yeah. and it's fun to watch. Well, it's, it's, cool, it's, it's great that there's you know they they devoted that that chunk of land mm-hmm. to uh, you know bringing people downtown and, and and good good for good for Des Moines. But I was struck by yeah. crossing the bridge today and seeing all that. Well, good stuff. All right, uh, let's do this, Trent. Time hey. to hit another thousand dollar home run. Swing and a high fly ball out to center. Robles back. Back some more at the wall. Out of here. David Bodie gives the Cubs the lead. Puts a charge into one. Out there to left center field. And the Cubs on top. 
5-3 after the Bodie home run. Well, they went 7-3 or 6. I think it was 7-3 that was, that was the final last night. Boy, the Cubs bullpen. Cubs bullpen's been one of the stories this year. It really has. They've been How? good. I know, right? <laughs> Who are these guys? I know. Kimbrell? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, you just heard the home run. Now go to KXNO.com, KXNO.com. Uh, once you get there, the pop-up box will appear. And when you're there, enter the word pay, pay, P-A-Y at KXNO.com. That's your chance to win $1,000. KXNO.com, pay. Got Bill Bender coming up next. We're going to talk college football with him. We posed the question, the FCS, should spring football be something that should stay. Is this? Have they unlocked Pandora's box? TV numbers are out. Are they? I will tell you. Can if I this guess is before good... you? I'm going to go on record. Yeah. I'm going to say the TV numbers. Well, according to my Twitter feed, there was. I'm going to say no. I, I don't think they were good, but I could be wrong. You'll find out when we come back, and Bill Bender will be with us as we continue. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KX and Owen 106. Altoona. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Just past 1130, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Apparently, I'm the last person in Polk County that had... Any idea what's going on downtown? This is an Olympic event. Yes, this is the Olympic qualifier. No idea. Not just for Team USA, for everybody coming in. Uh, The list is extensive. We're going to be handing out Olympic bids in our fair town over the next four days. That's awesome. That's terrific. Well, the the weather, though, right? Not going to cooperate. Well, anyways. They didn't put a retractable roof on that, is what you're saying? They did not. They did not. Still pretty shiny, though, and uh, anxious to see how this comes off. Uh, again, uh, let's get to Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He's been busy. Bill, we're going to, uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover with you. As always, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, I really enjoyed your piece on the new Pac-12 commissioner and what that may mean uh, for that conference. We'll get to that in a second. Trent just posed something to me going to break uh, that I think we should start with, and that was the uh, television numbers, which he has not uh, told us what they are yet. Apparently, the TV ratings are out for last week's uh, football championship, the FCS championship game, which was a hell of a football game. But, Trent, how were the ratings? Did it go over well? It did not. That's what I figured. It was on ABC, just like the 2019 championship game. That was James Madison against North Dakota State. The one in 2019 did just shy of 3 million viewers. This one, under a mil. Nine hundred and five thousand for the spring championship game here, twenty twenty one. So, because of that, Bill, we've pondered the question: Is this something that makes sense? Should the FCS move to the spring? It goes to the XFL, the Alliance of American Football, whatever that stupid thing was. People don't want spring football; they want it in the fall. They want it in the winter. That's football time. I think this lays it out pretty well. Your takeaway, Bill. Yeah, it's a tough window, and it always has been. You know, we try to drum up excitement. Remember the AAF and the XFL? I mean, it's the first weekend it always does. Right. That. That's what happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're just – the seasonality window is in play. I mean, in March, we all pay attention to the NCAA tournament. In April, we're really into baseball, the Masters, you know, the PGA Championship this weekend. It's a tough, it's a tough window to explain or exploit, and – I think you have to have that window, which is starting now, about Memorial Day through July 4th, 
is that time where we really like to talk about football right. and talk about that next season. That's an excellent point, Bill, because you're right. It is, uh, it is time, certainly when the calendar turns to June and you guys, Sporting News, putting out your preseason stuff and, and everybody else is likewise. We're salivating. We're counting down the days. And as you mentioned, it's funny because I watched we, uh, the first game of the year. It was a Friday night. The UNI Panthers, South Dakota State was in town. It was a good game. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, and I never watched another game. Uh, <laughs> there's just there's just too much going on and too many uh, too many choices out there, Bill. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it'll go go back to where it belongs and uh you know if they play their championship game on that saturday morning before the wild card weekend it seems that's in the right spot but i want to pick up on a piece that uh, you wrote uh, i think it was last week when the pac-12 pulled a name that um i don't think a lot of folks saw coming i'm not going to try and pronounce it but the new pac-12 commissioner doesn't have necessarily uh, the background that you would have thought, right? He comes from the MGM Resort, entertainment, sports, sports wagering, entertainment, that type of stuff. Um, I'm glad that the Pac-12 went in a different direction. The conference needed a kick in the pants. Did they get it with this guy? And what does this mean? What does this hiring mean, big picture, Bill? Well, I mean, we're about to find out. I think they went outside the box, and that was the right move in terms of how far the conference has slid down the pecking order. They are going to at least in theory, be on the cutting edge with if sports gambling becomes more of a part of the NCAA, which I think we all think it will be. Uh, and the two things he said in his introductory press conference that really struck were, one, he's in flavor, flavor in favor of a playoff expansion, which, of course, they are. They've had two playoff teams in seven years. Right. And then uh, um, he was, you know, support of name, image, and likeness, and that's right around the corner. So... I think those are two things to keep in mind, and maybe he can increase the Pac-12's profile, and boy, does that conference desperately need that. ESPN uh, came out with their Week 1 schedule, the Labor Day weekend, if you will. Monday night game, Ole Miss-Louisville. You get Sunday, Notre Dame-Florida State. How about Georgia-Clemson? Just incredible. We get that game, plus all the Big Ten scheduled games that are going on that weekend. Yeah, Penn State-Wisconsin, Iowa-Indiana. Thursday night, Ohio State, Minnesota. It's a great slate. Is this not trying to be too hyperbolic? The best week one slate we've ever had? Mm. Uh, You know, no, because I remember a couple years ago we had Notre Dame, Texas, Oklahoma, Houston. Remember Houston beat Oklahoma, Alabama, USC, and there were several others. Um, I think I was running around the state of Texas that weekend. That's why I remember it so vividly. Um, And uh, it, it was... But, I mean, it's big. I mean, we're back in in full stadiums, hopefully. And I mean, that Clemson-Georgia game is as big as it gets as a first weekend game for sure. Um, Miami-Alabama will be more interesting if Derek King plays. Mm -hmm. Uh, Notre Dame-Florida State can't go wrong there. And, you know, ESPN will be pulling in the ratings from that one. And, I mean, I don't think there's a huge Big Ten game on the schedule, but uh, those are coming over the next few weeks after. Yeah, indeed they are, including the following week when the our state's biggest game will uh, will uh, be played, and it wasn't last year, and we all missed it, and we can't wait for this year because we think Iowa State is a top-10 team. We think Iowa is a top-15 team, and they've never been ranked that highly, Bill, when they're going to collide. It is going to be um, the hype for this game in our state. I, I'm not so sure I can describe it, Bill. It's going to be crazy. Well, it's probably going to be... I mean, I'm guessing be the highest both teams, highest like combined ranking. Right, right? I mean, for sure. If Iowa State is ranked where I think they'll be, and they'll probably be in the top ten, and then Iowa will be in the teens, and 
you know, that's a game that for all the hype, and I've contributed to it as well on Iowa State. I mean, they still got to beat Iowa before any of those other dreams are realized. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's one of those huge September games. I mean, as far as Big Ten games goes, it's in the neighborhood of, well, I mean, it's probably not as big as Ohio State, Oregon. Um, but I'd say it's right there, and the ratings will be, or the rankings will be higher than when Michigan plays Washington. And that game got the primetime treatment. I saw that the other day. Right. That's a big one, no doubt. So Iowa, before that, though, they got their own struggles. Indiana coming off a great year, one of the best years of Indiana football we've ever seen. And now they're dipping into the transfer portal. They're adding former Auburn Tiger defense alignment Jaron Handy from USC, running back Stephen Carr here. The Hoosiers, have you dug in deep on Indiana after that great season? Michael Penix coming back and his injury at the forefront of that. But just a, a quick overview here, a spring view, if you will, of game one for Iowa, the Indiana Hoosiers. Well, that's the thing. When you have a feel-good story like they did last year, you're, you're expected to do it again. And that's uh, you know, kind of what Northwestern's dealt with. Northwestern's actually handled that success well. You know, they're starting to have guys drafted into the NFL. You know, like they had a good night, first night of the draft this year. Now, can Indiana do that? Uh and some of those talented receivers see those guys. I mean, they're certainly a team to watch with Penix, obviously, uh, and the season that he had before the injury last year. And there were some people trying to make that very flawed argument that they belonged in the Big Ten Championship over Ohio State. But um, that's now you got to do it again, and that's going to be the challenge for Tom Allen. And certainly he's done a good job program building there. Uh, I know the answer to this question is, of course, but Ohio State, they reload. Um, but are they, is this just going to be rinse and repeat again this year? They've obviously got to find the quarterback. They, they lose guys, first round picks every year. But are the Buckeyes, Bill, you know, as we sit here, middle of May, um, are they head and shoulders above anybody in that conference as seemingly they are every year? Yeah, I mean, that's the easy answer and a couple reasons why. I mean, I know they're replacing their quarterback, but their receiver room is so deep. I mean, when you have two first-round receivers that start and some guys behind them with that kind of potential, I mean, they'll be able to throw on anybody in theory. And uh, the defensive line got a boost. There's a local kid here in Pickerington that really had a heck of a spring game in Jack Sawyer. He's If you like the Bozas and you like Chase Young, you're going to like this kid in a couple wow. years. I mean, I mean, that's really where we're at. And uh, it's What's just, his name again, Sawyer? Jack Sawyer. Jack he had Sawyer. four sacks in the spring game, and I'm, you know, we've been around him here in Pickerington for a few years, and so we already know it's not such a secret here. But he he's going to be one of those guys in September that I think contributes right away, and he'll just continue to get better under Larry Johnson. So you've just you just used him in the same sentence with Young and Bosas. I mean, this is the kind of hype that surrounds this kid. Well, he's number two recruit in the country. Well, there you go. And, uh, I, I the one story I tell about him to people is. So his junior year, he didn't play last year because of the COVID concerns, but his junior year, their quarterback for his ACL, and on two practices, Jack stepped in. He was a 6'4", you know, 230-pound kid. They put him at quarterback, ran a single wing, and they went out and won a football game with him just running the football. So uh, the athleticism is freakish. And I, and I hear another thing about this kid. Um, I think he could have played basketball in the Big Ten. So, I mean, that's the kind of freak you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. They've been able to produce at that position consistently. So yep. you figure with Larry Johnson's development, it's only going to continue. Jack Sawyer, good name to remember. 
going to put that one in the back pocket. Well, a name we know incredibly well, certainly in this state, is Brett Bielema. like to call him Bert. He's a big old man. <laughs> He's going to Illinois. Before this even happens, how is this going to end? Is this going to end with Bielema doing the things that he did at Wisconsin, back to building that and making Illinois a relevant program? Or is yet another coach that is going to go there, limp around for a couple of years, and they'll look for the next white knight to come through? Well, I think he, he fits the Big Ten a little better, obviously. Um, you know, what he can do is coach offensive line. I think his, his style is suited to the Big Ten West, so he knows how to do that. I mean, I think the key is how does he recruit? I mean, Chicago isn't what it used to be from a high school recruit standpoint. And uh, I think that's one thing. How do they re- reestablish that pipeline and uh, get the kids necessary? I mean, if Northwestern can have success, Illinois can too. There's no reason they can't. I mean, uh, Zook had success there, right? He took them to an, a Rose Bowl. It wasn't a very good Rose Bowl, but uh, he got them there. And uh, there's no reason why they can't get that talent back in Champaign and get a program that should be better than it is back on the map a little bit. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, last thing, I know you wrote a, a good preview of tonight from a gambling perspective, some, some of the trends on uh, Golden State and the Lakers. First of all, last night Trent felt, at least to Trent and I, that we were watching the 16 seed versus the 16 seed on a Tuesday night in Dayton in the play-in game. This doesn't feel like this. Uh, you wrote a piece. Has this got a chance to live up to the height Warriors-Lakers tonight, or could it get out of hand, Bill? Well, I mean, you know, you get Curry and LeBron on the same floor, and, and the way Curry's playing it's, since April, I think what that stat was something to the effect of 46% from three-point range, averaging 36 points per game in the last 23 games. I mean, he's on a tear unlike any other. And, of course, LeBron and in a big stage, and people like to pick that apart and start the Jordan comparisons. They'll be Jordan, and Michael Jordan will be twi- trending in the first quarter one way or the other, which is the weird part. So... I'm just going to sit and enjoy the game and uh, hopefully, but I don't think this will feel like a couple 16 seeds tonight, though. <laughs> no, not, nor, nor do we. Uh, Bill, uh, as we mentioned, uh, you guys soon will be coming out uh, college football-wise, all the previews, etc. When will you really start devoting most of your time to college football, Bill? Well, I was today. I started to like take inventory of what needs to be done, what, you know, kind of looking at target dates to publish some of this stuff. And it, it really did start with like kind of revisiting our top 25 and looking at it and saying, oh, I need to change that because those guys are leaving the transfer portal. So we're, we're getting on it right now. And I think, you know, ESPN timed that up, right. You know, releasing that schedule yesterday, because yeah. like I said, from, Memorial Day through July 4th is, is the fun part to talk about it. No doubt. Just one more real quick. When you mentioned feel good earlier when you and Trent were talking, what about Mackenzie Milton at Florida State? I mean, the way it ended at uh, at Central Florida with the injury, what kind of year do you expect? I mean, can he get close to being what he was? Well, you hope so. I mean, mm-hmm. like I, I mean, I know what – I was in a hotel, I think, night before High State uh, – game that uh, I was in a hotel and I know where exactly what I was doing when uh, he got injured. It was gruesome, it was gross, mm-hmm. it was tough to watch. Um, so, uh, you know, you want to see a kid like that have success. And, you know, Florida State certainly needs it because that quarterback position for the Seminoles, even with Norvell and Taggart before him, um, really toward the end of the Fisher era, they've really lacked that position. And that's just historical. I mean, when Florida State has the right quarterback, they're they're generally capable of winning it all. 
Indeed. And we'll see Florida State Notre Dame on Sunday of Labor Day weekend, and I'm hoping Mackenzie Milton's under center. Bill, thank you. Uh, we'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Sportingnews.com for Bill Bender and company. Thanks, Bill. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Take good, care. Yeah, good to talk to you. Bill Bender uh, from the Sporting News. Jalen Coleman-Lands is a Jayhawk. A Jayhawk? A Jayhawk? An Urbandale Jayhawk? No, 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 Trent. Oh. He's, he's in Kansas. Figured he just took a coaching, a coaching job maybe game? in Urbandale because he's 26 years old. Uh, Travis Hines, put a, and he's right. I mean, a 2-22 and 22 team has just sent one of their kids to Gonzaga, another of their kids to Kansas. Bolton is in Gonzaga, is in Spokane, and uh, Coleman lands in Lawrence. Are you saying it maybe wasn't just a talent problem? Not, not uh, a real big stretch, right? Yeah, you wonder, right? Mm-hmm. You wonder. Now look at uh, the past is the past. Water under the bridge. Promera is gone. So is the windless season. We'll flush that bad boy, uh, and we'll see what they uh, what they bring to the uh, floor this year. Now the hockey handicapper is ready to roll. Four and zero in hockey picks here during these NHL Are playoffs. Four and zero right here on this program. Please pick the Jets. Please pick the Jets. Please pick the. Jets. You're not picking the Jets. You shouldn't pick the Jets. We'll come back with that. Fourteen sixty KX and zero one zero today. KXNO 106.3 FM. I would like to see Neil Young. I would. He's on the list. He's definitely on my list, too. Yeah, I would like to. I don't even know if he's. uh, Does he tour anymore? No idea. Does anybody? (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're getting there. We are getting there, Trent Condon. All right, uh, let's get to um, your plays of the day. You're 4-0 in hockey. Look at you flaunting your hockey knowledge. Well, just guessing correctly. (laughs) So far, so good. That works, right? They all add up to winners. So, Obviously, Colorado tonight. They're a free square. They will they will sweep St. Louis. Do you know what their money line number is, though, for tonight? I don't. I'm going to say minus 380. It's 330. I think game one, it was like 220. Is it just like, all right, we realize everybody's just going to throw this in and yeah. something else you like, throw that in a parlay? I, I think that's probably the way everybody's going. Right. Yes. Just throw it in there mm-hmm. because... It feels that way, free money. So I will be playing with that. It's not an official, but you can't have a minus 330 pick be part of your picks. No. That doesn't quite work. I do like uh, I like the Bruins tonight. Uh, this, what's that series? Tied one apiece, it right? Is. Yep. Boston was on the cusp of being down two zip. Mm-hmm. They scored late in that hockey game. That one, then Marshawn won in an overtime. Yeah. All right, I can see that series moves back to Boston. That's an early puck drop, too. 5.30 our time. Perfect. For that one, and... Do the Twins bounce back today? They're facing Giolito, Trent. You're aware they of that. They are. It's Shoemaker. Shoemaker. You yep. told me he was good. I like him. He's, he's okay. He's terrible. Okay. <laughs> I think they're all terrible. Well, I think once he put on that Twins uniform, it might have rubbed off on him. Is it a dead cat bounce? Is that all we saw last night? I think so. I'm taking Giolito today again. And he's got to be a big number, right? Not that big. Really? Yeah, minus uh, 133. Wow. I will jump on that. Giolito's numbers haven't been that good himself, though, this year. He's had kind of his own trouble, which surprising, right? It is. Uh, I still, well, we'll see. Good luck to your squad today. That's coming up at 12.15 or 12.05. It's early, anyway. It is. All right. Uh, uh, Barnstormer Weekly starts tomorrow night, so that's back in the rotation. Joe Stacy and company, if you heard the spot, that gets underway tomorrow. Murph and Andy get underway in an hour and five minutes, and then the Fanatics at 3 Hawk Central tonight at 6 Morning Rush. Tomorrow starts another day of local programming at 6 a.m.
We're Miller and Condon. You can hear us weekdays from 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.